Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. JT and Ludi Podcast, episode 143. Thanks for coming along as we look forward to week two of the National Football League and we talk about the heavy metal hair bands of the 80s and hanging out at the Rainbow Room and the Roxy and solving some of the world's most important issues here on the JT and Looney Podcast. As we do, we're both two very autodidactic men and both think of ourselves as experts on every subject known to man. We've just been pigeonholed as sports guys, but we thank you for coming along. And we're powered by our friends at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. It's really cool. You can bet on Major League Baseball, the NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, the sweet science, eSports, and even golf, if you want to bet on golf. How's John Rahm going to do this weekend? Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information. Head to Bet Online. Use your phone or your PC at home. And if you've never signed up for Bet Online, but you're friends with the JT and Looney podcast, use the promo code Believe50, B L E A V 50. And get your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. A lot of people don't know their percents. That means if you, if you put $100 in your account, they'll give you 50. Then you'll have $150. Bet Online, where the game starts. And now the podcast starts, damn it. Mm-hmm. You know, T.J. Watt could return in six weeks with no surgery. Is he going to be like his brother? They give you nine good games a year? <laughs> what I like is they're treated like they are animals. Literally, they say, oh, it'll only be four weeks when it's supposed to be a year. Like Dak Prescott <laughs> could have a very long time to come back. He has, he has an injury to his $40 million quarterback hand, right? And Jerry Jones is saying, well, maybe he'll come back sooner than later. Like they're trying to bring someone back for some type of animal show like or something. Yeah. And yeah, they're, yeah. they're going to come back. The circus. We're going to bring them back quicker. The athlete should have the opportunity to heal. The union cares about that. But this is a multi-billion dollar business. It's a television show. So we've had a couple of big injuries to start the season. Jamal Adams, who's the safety for Seattle. And what a great player he is. He got hurt. He could be out a while. TJ Watt with the peck. He's not going to have surgery. Surgery would have cost him the whole year. He would have been out the whole year, so he opted not to have it. And I think that's how he opted not to have it. He yeah, and I love that he did. Yeah, right, and he did. And I saw that game. The Pittsburgh Steelers looked really good on defense. <laughs> and uh, they're lucky to get out of there with a win. The first half, they were just all over the Bengals, and nothing has changed more in our lifetime than what, JT? Halftime adjustments. <laughs> What's that smell? Oh, PU, what stinks? Oh, that would be Joe Burrow with four interceptions and a terrible performance. And then how about Derek Carr's three interceptions where he threw it to the other team? He threw it to the other team where the Raiders had the ball back with an opportunity to win the game under five minutes to go after Carr threw three interceptions. And, you know, the Raiders gave up six sacks three I to thought Khalil they were going to steal another Angeles. one at the end i thought the seattle seahawks were going to steal another one at the end why don't you just put the entire game in the hands of russell wilson he's a comeback kid instead of some drunk idiot kicker that's another game that drove me crazy well that was some of the best television the emmy award for sports you know every year they everyone puts on their tuxes and joe buck takes his new wife to the emmy award <laughs> <for Jim White. laughs> 
takes his new wife to the Emmy Awards. You know how everybody does that? They uh, Explain to our new audience why everybody takes their second wife to the Emmy Awards. Well, yeah, for some reason, people, whatever happens, they get in television, they get to be big stars, and they think they're upgrading. Their first wife does, uh, they think it's Europe. You know, for the first wife has the children, and then they uh, marry someone 22 years younger who usually looks like their wife did 20 years ago. And that's, you know, I love your first wife and you'll never marry anybody prettier. So stick with your first wife, Jay. I'm one of the few people left in sports media on my first wife still. Yeah, I still have you my are. first wife. And, and your wife is a better. star. Your, I remember when I first met your wife, I thought he he got one of those wives. You know, politicians always have those wives. They're pretty uh, and they, 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 they say hello to everybody. You were like, she's like a mayor's wife, which she is. You're a famous guy, too. Your, your wife's great. You know, it's September 13th. My wedding anniversary was September 4th, and my wedding uh, anniversary gift came in the mail today. So my wife had this box, and she opened it up, and it was a Rolling Stones Igloo cooler. You know, the famous Igloo <laughs> cooler that you bring? Yeah. It had all the Rolling Stones stickers on it and the history of the tongue. She got that all for that. you, or you got you it for her? Yeah, she got wow. it for me. Yeah, wow. It was a really nice, thoughtful gift, so it was nice to see when I have my bucket of Modelo's. Also, I want to thank Modelo. New partner on our show here, too. They're going to help us out with a little YouTube vibe Good. along the way. You know, I have my bucket of Modelo's on every Friday, so we're happy to announce that. But the injuries in week one, uh, you and I for years did a famous show, the Owen 2 show. And that's yeah. we're a little bit ahead of that now. Yeah, you, you texted me that play. today, the Owen 2 show. What happens when we get to next week when everyone's Owen 2? They're Owen. Yeah, I want to preview the Owen 1 show. You want to preview yeah. the Owen 2? Yeah, I want to preview right. our Owen 2 show. I'm right. losing track. I've been overworked. I've been overworked. Unlike other people in the business who are underworked, I'm overworked. And what we you never want to go Owen 2. Emmett Smith went 0 and 2 when he held out, and Jerry panicked and paid him, and deservedly so. He's and one guess of the what? And that's all we've got. It's like the Dolphins being undefeated. Dolphins didn't win a game uh, in the preseason, the year that they uh, they won the Super Bowl and went undefeated. There's some of those statistics that we hang on to, and you don't want to be the Emmett Smith statistic. So Emmett came back, Jerry signed him, they won the Super Bowl, and the rest was history. You don't want to go 0 and 2. When you go 0 and 2, 0 and 2 leads to 2 and 4, leads to 3 and 6, leads to 4 and 8. We've done this so many years. So I just wanted to preview that because that'll be our show next week. And there's a lot of good 0 and 1 teams out there. The Cardinals Holy play at the Raiders. The Cowboys are 0 and 1. Cincinnati is 0 and 1. They yeah, a lot of desperate teams up. that have you know that are 0 and 1 have to play each other. Yeah. yeah. And how about our good friend Dan Campbell from Hard Knocks? who every time they showed him, he was like veins pumping out and just going, oh, I love you guys. I love you guys. Like he's a wrestler. I love you, man. We're not with grit. We're not going to lose anymore. We're never going to lose. Like every this. three years, do? every three years, the Lions hire the coolest coaches. <laughs> every three years, they hire stars who aren't good coaches, but they're a lot of fun. And, you know, the, the Super Bowl defend, defending Super Bowl champion Rams are also 0-1, but I'm still sticking with my pick. Oh, and how about the 49ers playing in a rainstorm in a storm situation in Chicago with Trey Lance, who has less experience than Justin Fields, believe it or not. And Trey Lance, you know, you got to give him a free pass. I hate to do it in sports. Normally you don't. But you got to give him a free pass because he was playing in a monsoon. Yeah, he looked like he needed a life jacket out there. Yeah, he looked like he needed a life jacket, and he wasn't going to win that game. But if they don't win their next couple of games or they, they struggle, then all of a sudden behind the glass, 
is Jimmy G and they might have to break the glass and say, Hey, Jimmy, we made a really bad mistake, oh. but we're going to let you play and save the season. And then he's going to come just like when he got traded to the Niners Then he's going to go out and win seven games in a row. And he's going to be on the cover of every magazine. You wait, that's going to happen to the 49ers. That's going to happen this year. Nathaniel Hackett. I've never seen this. I've said it on radio this week, leading up to the JT and Looney podcast. I don't recall ever a first game coach, not first year, first game he ever coached, ever backfiring as badly as that. Denver likes him. Denver's a very smart football town. John Elway, Mike Shanahan, Dan Reeves, Hall of Famers left and right, Steve Atwater, Champ Bailey, Mark Slareth is not a Hall of Famer, great analyst, and everybody who's talking about this game, the coach went from being, hey, man, we like this coach. We're going to be on the right track. We got Russell Wilson and Nate Hackett. Holy shit. Fourth and five. And I was on the radio live when it happened. So I wanted to walk you through what I I would have loved to have been there with you. I understand why he wanted to kick it. Because every kicker in this league gets the ball 65 yards now. They didn't do that 20 or 30 years ago. For 10 years, Janikowski was the only guy with the leg to kick it 60. They they all get it at least. They all can do it now before the game. But in the history of that stadium in Seattle, which is a newer stadium, but they played a lot of big games in it. No kicker has ever made a 60-plus yarder, home or away. No kicker's ever made one. McManus, the Denver kicker coming into that kick, was 1-7 in seven lifetime over 60. 1-7. in seven. So someone should have been in Hackett's ear, one of the coaches upstairs in the booth, offensive coordinator, going, No! No! Here's why, coach! Quickly! You have three timeouts. Call one of them, and I'll tell you in your fucking earpiece why you shouldn't do it. Because remember, if they had no timeouts and there was chaos and there was lunacy, then you can go, well, you know, it was chaos. They had no timeouts. They had all their timeouts. You, are, you forgot Russell Wilson. Right, and you forgot the most important statistic. Russell Wilson has 85 comeback wins. And he's playing in Seattle. This yeah. is the other big hook that no one talked about. If he was playing in Charlotte at Carolina. He was playing in Cleveland. Uh, he was playing in Houston. Think of it as a TV yeah. show. Why the? Why do you think ESPN put that on Monday Night Football? Seattle's not for gonna that be a good reason. Team. For that fourth and five, for Russell Wilson to make it yes. or break it, you nailed it. They put, the him, yep. they put Russell Wilson in that building. They brought back all their legends, even the DUI guy, Marshawn Lynch, who's been a mess this offseason. Richard Sherman. Everybody coming back there. Pete Carroll plugged into those guys. Highly emotional. I got a lot to say on this. And it's a it's a dramatic television show. Don't put the game on Monday Night Football with Russell Wilson and manipulate the schedule like this. I mean, God, why did Denver get a cupcake game in game one? Again, they didn't make the playoffs last year. They have them open up against Seattle. They're going to win that game. You won't believe how many people got knocked out of survivor pools in Vegas. You know, you have to pick the game every week. Right. And then if you, you move on to the next game, it wiped out half the survivor pools. And for dramatic purpose, Hackett didn't let Russell Wilson win or lose the game. JT, let me use an analogy your father would like. They came to the play to see Barbara Streisand. <laughs> Don't put in the understudy to try to win the yeah. game. Jesus it'd be like, Christ. It'd be like not having Robert Goulet and Camelot. You know, <laughs> if you want to bring, if you want to go to that demographic, that was beautiful there. But I mean, I just don't like, there's a lot of times in our careers in media where the fan always says, I can do that. And you've always been great at reminding everybody, no, you can't. Right. You can't do what Kobe Bryant was able to right. do. 
You can't shoot a hockey puck and skate that fast. You can't run track and field like that. You can't do it. So athletes, a lot of them can do what we can do, but we can't do what they can do. Right. When every fan who's sitting at home on their couch or sitting in that stadium in Seattle says, holy shit, don't kick it. Let Russell Wilson try to win the game. You moved the entire franchise to get him. You gave up 240 plus million dollars. You gave up a bunch of players and draft picks. Let him go win the game. How did these guys screw that up? And then Hackett was on the fence after the game. He was strong by the kicker. And then when he got back to Denver, he kind of flip-flopped on it. And a lot of people in the media are flip-flopping because they love Denver. They love Denver. Yeah. They Oh, Denver's the popular choice this year. Now Denver's 0-1. Well, and one, one thing that sometimes we forget about, we big mouths, uh, we Monday morning quarterbacks, mm-hmm. and that is when a team has a new coach who says he's going to be any good. You might have all the players in place, but what if the coach sucks? And he's an unknown entity. And so far, we think he sucks. Well, what Hackett did that really hurt him in the Denver community, I was texting back and forth with a couple of Denver insiders who said, again, they'd never seen anything like it. They'd never seen a guy take the entire room, an entire city, Broncos country as it hashtags, and lose everybody. Lose everybody. And they should be losing Russell Wilson. Let me tell you what bothered me with Russell Wilson. And this might bother you. He showed up to the game wearing a silver tuxedo, not a suit. It was a tuxedo. I said to myself, that's wrong. You're you're a football player. Dress nice, look good. His wife is a celebrity. Like he showed up for the Grammys or the Golden Globes or a Critics' Choice Award. So he's there in a silver tux with shades on inside, walks in. Then he comes out there and he's hugging his former teammates and he's going through all that. The pregame at nauseum was all of him. He comes out, he gets booed. He gets booed. Surprise. Very important topic. And then after the game, when he loses, instead of going into the locker room with his teammates, because he's the leader of the team, he stays at the 50-yard line, takes his jersey off, and signs his jersey and gives it to DK Metcalf, who signs his jersey and gives it to Russell Wilson. That was unnecessary. He should have went to the locker room with his team, took his jersey off, gave it to the equipment manager, said, I'm going to sign this in a few minutes. I'm going to take a shower. Go give it to DJ. Go go give it to DK Metcalf on the other side, and we'll deal with it then. I just thought, is it fair for me to say that he wasn't right in that game because he couldn't score, and they kept fumbling and making mistakes? What do you think? Well, yeah, I, I, I think a lot of the things that you point out show that it was in his head. And when it's in your head, it's explicit when you when you're really playing your best it's implicit and that's when you're hitting 400 and you're not thinking about it when you're max muncie or gallo (laughs) you're hitting 177 it's in your head and it's explicit and so you're thinking about it he was thinking about it silver tux he's thinking about it if he wasn't in the silver tux and next week he's not wearing a silver tux because next week he's wandering into the stadium, he'll wear something nice, and he's thinking about the game and not where he is and other extent, you know, other things. Yeah, he was thinking about too many other things, and it distracted him, although he still could have won the game. He's a great player. I don't oh, my God, yeah. Did. And, my and maybe the best piece of media, and if we can include it or not, if you haven't seen it yet, the Emmy Award should go, you know, in the Sports Emmy Awards every year, they, the Emmy goes to live broadcast the super bowl super bowl 56 and then they roll the credits of like 200 people that worked on the game right you know and then it could say every executive producer and all that no the emmy award goes to peyton manning and eli and shannon sharp they're on the peyton cast and peyton's talking to 
Eli, his younger brother, like he's Elvis, he calls him me. And you got to see this video. He's going, it's live. He's going, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. You know, he, I think they need to use the timeout here. He, yeah, I think they got those. I think they, he, I think they need to use those timeouts now. And the clock is going tick, 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 minute 58. And Peyton Manning is on a live screen going, hey, he, uh, maybe use one of these timeouts here. And in Eli, who's much slower than Peyton, <laughs> Eli's facial responses are good. And he's like, yeah, man, this is kind of chaotic. What's going on? And Shannon Sharp is in the background. Hall of Famer, one of the most successful men in all of broadcasting. Yep. His his social media likes are like tops bigger than Brady and everybody. And he's got he's holding this little dog and he's going, What kick? What do you mean kick? And he's losing his mind in real time. <laughs> and I'm just thinking Joe Buck and Troy can't be happy that people are watching Peyton Eli and Shannon Sharp. True. Instead of those guys. And it was so good. Oh, Peyton and Eli were just because wow. Peyton, Peyton right there proved he was better than Russell Wilson ever was. Because Peyton's like, timeout. And then Peyton's telling the coach to call timeout, so Peyton's better than the coach, and he could easily be the coach of the Broncos. The Walton family, you bought it for $4 billion. You think they'd rather have Peyton Manning as the head coach or fucking <laughs> Nate Hackett, right? And, right? and Peyton in real time is showing the world that he's better than Russell Wilson, he's better than the head coach, and he knew exactly what was going on, Tom. Wow, and uh, there's so much to unwrap there, including Joe Buck. You know, they, they it seems to me they played the Monday night theme extra, and I think it was for Joe. He talked about, and some people were wondering if it was a demotion. And for Joe, that was his that was a goal in his life. It's goal mm-hmm. visualization. As he traveled with his dad, who called Monday night football games on the radio, and he would sit there in the booth with his dad and travel with his dad instead of going to school and look through the booth to the other side and see Howard Cosell calling games. And so I'm always romanticized by Joe Buck's life. Everyone else, you know, is pretty petty in high school about Joe Buck. But I think it's really cool because he wanted to do what dad did. And I'm always romanticized by that. My dad died young, so I never had a chance to even, my dad died at 31, so didn't really have a chance to find himself before he did. So I never got a chance to even have the desire to do what dad did. So I'm always romanticized when Barry Bonds, I always gave Barry Bonds more of a pass, Joe Buck more of a pass, and anybody who wanted to do what dad did. And he's got a really cool story and a great sense of humor about it. We've had him on the air talking about how fans will scream, you wouldn't be shit without your dad. And he'll stop and look at the guy and say, you're right. And that's, he's got a great sense of humor about himself. Yeah, Thank goodness, because he, he has on social media, people take shots at him. But I think he's great. Yeah, you know, I'm a Howard Stern guy, and he goes on there a lot. And there are times he's talked about it. You know, he's gotten hair plugs, and he showed everyone the process of getting the hair plugs. Uh-huh. You know, sometimes get, you get hair plugs, you don't want to tell anybody. All of a sudden, magically. Right. Your hair, yeah. hair, hair looks hair. different. I mean, people are fascinated with that just for men shampoo. I go in, I come out five minutes later. I, I feel like I'm 20 years younger, but right. it's not needles and hair plugs there. Right. And and then Joe got the second wife, the younger wife and the hair plugs and all that. But and he, you know, he is the product of the second wife. Right. Joe, yeah. that was what his book was all about. Bastard son or something like that. He was the product of the second wife. And so. He knows that he knows <laughs> he knows how that rolls. You know, when we look back at some of these great broadcasters, I've been very lucky working in a stadium atmosphere for almost 25 years that for all my years with the Raiders, when a game goes on way before the game, you'll see the play by play voice or the analyst on the field. 
So I'll be on the field and they'll say, hey, James Lofton from CBS. There's Ian Eagle. And there's people that I only Chris get a Myers. chance. Yeah, Chris Myers. There's only people that I get a chance to see once every two or three years if they come through a certain city. And I always make sure I try to reintroduce myself or some I've known for a long period of time. And they have tough jobs. The Raiders have a brand-new play-by-play boy. His name is Jason Horowitz. He took over. He's doing a fantastic job. He took over for Brent Musburger. Yeah, that's a- <laughs> Before that, Greg Papa. Before that's that, the great Bill King, Hall of Famers. And he's doing a nice job. And I, I see how natural he is at that. But it's incredible what the Twitter trolls do to these play-by-play guys. Chris Collinsworth on the Sunday night game had a really bad voice. He couldn't talk. He was deathly sick. He sounded on the air. Right. He could have called in sick. Their bench is very deep. Could have brought in anyone from NBC to do the game. But he, he went came to work. Yep. And everybody's on everybody's on Twitter saying you suck. Your, your voice sounds terrible. Like, what, what, what gives people the right to say that people at the highest level of sports broadcasting suck? They wouldn't be at the highest level. I'm talking the number one team, which is Nance and Romo, Buck and Aikman, Al Michaels now and Kirk Herbstreet. That'll be the new team on Amazon. I don't care if it's Chris Myers and Daryl Moose Johnston or whoever the group is. And then there's people on the thread there. And then they go after the women. They go after Laura. Oh, well, it's, it's, they go after Aaron Andrews. So high they school how they, Pam Oliver. Come oh on. Oh, my God. It's so high school how they go after the women. But uh, a few things here uh, to unpack from that. We have a friend, Steve Gorman. He was the drummer in the Black Crows. And somebody tweeted at him once or maybe sent him a message on Instagram and said he was the biggest douchebag in the Black Crows. So I always joke him about being the biggest douchebag in the Black Crows. But – isn't that a cool title? He he was in stadiums. Uh, he was in stadiums. The Rolling Stones were up next. It was Black Crows, Rich Stadium in Buffalo. Then the Rolling Stones come out. So uh, that you know, so so someone took a shot at Chris Myers. You're the worst play-by-play guy on Fox, but he's a play-by-play guy on Fox. First of all, that's not true. Second of all. Is that the worst title he could have? He's the play-by-play guy on Fox. One of the play-by-play guys, and he's great. Uh, but but the problem I have with all of that is it's so much easier. You know, one of the things I have under my profile, my uh, biography, is kindness equals confidence, and it, it and it puts me in check because it's just as easy to tweet something uh, polite as it is bitchy. So it puts me in check to be careful about getting too you know getting too cutting edge or negative on Twitter or high school, as I call it. Twitter has become high school. Usually, you used to get out of high school, then it was bullying was over. You go to college, and now you know you're the fat, loud girl or the fat, loud guy, and you're cool. Like well, great more- segue, oh, great fuck. segue to the fat, uh, loud guy because I just saw Motley Crue and Vince Neil. <laughs> so I, I just went to a big rock show. And since they opened up Allegiant Stadium in Vegas, we have uh-huh. now a football stadium that could have these super concerts. Last weekend, back to back nights. I don't even know how they load in and load out. It's insane. They had Joan Jett. Poison, Def Leppard, Motley wow. Crue. And then oh the next night, then the next night they had Imagine Dragons, big band in Vegas, local Vegas bands sold out and filled up a football stadium. So anyway, my wife and I were talking about this concert for a while because I grew up with 80s rock and hair bands. And yeah. we're literally going to the Sunset Strip. A big part of my life that my family doesn't know. Rainbow about room, that. baby. Yeah, a big part of my life was when I moved to San Diego. I got out to San Diego in 89. 9091 my buddies and i were into rock and roll and hair bands and the birth of guns and roses motley crew and all these bands so 
my buddy Hawk, my fraternity brother in college, had a Winnebago, an old Winnebago that was from Long Island, and it made it out west, and it's a classic <laughs> one with the bathroom and the big table and the couches. And we would get in the Winnebago. And on the weekends, we were like the only guys who figured this out. We said, if we take this Winnebago that can sleep about three or four of us, and there'd be about five or six of us, if we go up to the Sunset Strip in Hollywood, get the hell out of San Diego, a beach community, and we'll get a cheap room to shower and change in. And then we walked right into the Roxy, right into the Rainbow, right into these iconic rock joints. And those guys were all there. And we figured out quickly that that's where they hung out. And once we figured it out, we felt like we broke the code. People in Hollywood knew and only people in the industry. And we had my buddy right. Rocket was a drummer. My best friend, Jimmy B, a guitar player and Bobby G and the guys. Once we got in there and we're at the bar at the corner of the bar is Lemmy, the rock guard Lemmy, who's sitting there. And, and then on the left side, there's Vince Neil and Tommy Lee. And then upstairs. We'd go upstairs to this little room and hang out, and that's where John Lennon used to and Alice Cooper and Keith Moon hung out. You mean on the rocks, above the Roxy? Or no, uh, this was uh, at the Rainbow Room, oh, 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 the Rainbow oh, okay. Bar and Grill. Okay. But we'd go to the Roxy, too. But the point was we saw all these bands in their glory, late 80s, early 90s, where they had 10 girls sitting in the booth with them and the long hair, and they'd party and they'd talk to us. So fast forward, it's 2022, and I'm telling my wife, you know, I mean, getting mixed reviews on this tour. I don't know if I want to go. And she's like, well, why do you want to go? And I go, because I have a new rule. And you'll love this. What's the new rule, JT, you're supposed to say? The new rule is in Vegas. I'll go anywhere if I don't have to pay for it. <laughs> and, I'm sitting, and I'm sitting in a suite. Because that was a, an event. I go, if someone okay. invites me for free, I can afford to pay for this. But I want to go for free. I don't want to pay to see Vince Neil on the back, 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 back end of his career. <laughs> Vince Neil is now Willie Mays dropping and falling down <laughs> in the outfield with the New York Met uniform on. We went in there. I was late for Joan Jett. Everybody raved about that. I apologize, Joan. Poison won the night. They were great. Brent Michaels is sober. Then Def Leppard came out and did 20 songs. Pour Some Sugar on Me. Oh, All their classics. Right. They were great. And then Motley Crue came out. And I had low expectations, and they were better than I thought. Well, yeah, they're more sober than they watching. were in past years. Tell you one thing that pissed me off at the concert. So Tommy Lee's there. And I've always liked Tommy Lee. Great drummer. Unbelievable rock drummer. So he comes out. The band takes a break. Tommy comes to the front of the stage with the headset on. And he asks all the guys there to whip out their junk. And I was like, man, that's kind of offensive because there are kids here. You know, parents brought their kids. So on the big video boards behind them, you could see the crowd and they showed guys in their fifties and sixties whipping out their junk and they put it on the screen. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a second. Didn't Jim Morrison go to jail for that? <laughs> Jim Morrison went to jail for that at one point, didn't he? Yes, he did. And then, yes, and then did. Tommy Lee asked all the women. Well, of course, Tommy Lee would ask others to do that because he'll win the first prize. Right. So then Tommy Lee asked all the women, to take their shirts off, mm -hmm. which many of them did. And everybody was very comfortable with that, but very uncomfortable when he asked them <laughs> right. to do that. And I looked at my wife and I was like, is this really happening? <laughs> so I think in all the concerts I've seen, I said a thousand concerts, literally that's a real number. Uh, that was one of the most uncomfortable moments I've had at a rock show was by Tommy Lee, which isn't shocking to anybody, right? Well, you didn't mention my friend. I was, you know, cause I was new, his nutritionist for years in the kitchen. We did a radio show at the same time. And I knew his dog, Buddy, Nikki very Six. well. Nikki Six, how did yeah. he look? How was he? 
Uh, Nicky was good. He looked like a rock star. Good shape. Yeah, because yeah, he, 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 he always did. Good. You know, and it's interesting. I I hate labels in life, and I hate. Mm-hmm. But with Nicky in the hallway, I always said, "Hey, rock star." And the reason I did was because that's a label that you want, and that's a label that kids dream of. But it's a label very few people have, and it's real with him. And I had a lot of fun with him, mostly talking, mostly in the kitchen, talking, working out. He wanted to stay in shape for concerts and. And uh, talk nutrition. And he had this really cool golden retriever that would run free up and down the hallway. And I talked to him about the dog. And I said, you know, John F. Kennedy Jr. loved dogs. Do you know why John F. Kennedy Jr. loved dogs, JT? They didn't. Dogs don't know who John F. Kennedy Jr. is. And so he, he, you know, he was always, people always liked him, but he never knew why. He knew if it was sincere, but he always knew a dog was sincere. When dogs liked him. And same thing I was saying to Nikki. I said, that dog doesn't know what a rock star is. So of all the people in this building and all the living, breathing entities in this building, you know there's at least one who loves you for you, and it's that dog, buddy. My dog's right here on the floor as I host the podcast, quiet, sleeping. It's incredible how he's learned my voice patterns now and when I'm getting louder when live sports go on or I get loud talking with you. He'll look up there. But one of the things, Vince Neal was really out of shape. Can't sing much anymore. He was okay. He hit some of the notes, but he was wearing a boxing robe. He wore a robe to cover up the fat and the right. fact that he was out of shape, and it didn't work. You know, <laughs> he put on a Raiders jersey that kind of didn't work too. But it doesn't work no matter what in life. It doesn't work when we, even when we think it's working, it doesn't work. And and one cool thing about this big, huge rock concert—it was a big concert. All the seats were packed, upper deck. You know, people want to see Motley Crue, Def Leppard. I will tell you this: one big takeaway. Tape, is people watching. And my wife likes to people watch. She likes to go somewhere and just look at people. And sometimes I do. We go to a lot of football games and concerts. And this was really good people watching because the women still had the hair out and they were in their 50s or 60s. They wanted to get dressed up for this 80s type of concert. So that was pretty cool people watching. And the problem with this concert is doors opened at four for Joan Jett at five and the concert went to 11. And people just can't handle their alcohol. Oh, not so for six people hours. Are hammered. I'm talking hammered in the bathroom, passed out. Security. And a shout out to security at sporting events. You saw some fights at SoFi Stadium that were public, Raiders, Chargers. I'm mentioning this. To put on a yellow or blue windbreaker and put yourself in harm's way at live sporting events or concerts. I mean, it just shows you how hard people work for a living. You know, it's a right. tough job. It used to be, hey, I want to get that job to be a ticket taker or a, or a security guard because I want to go to the game or the concert for free. No, man, these some of these events are pretty harsh and dangerous, man. These guys got to break up fights, and they got to deal with people that are falling down stairs, cracking their heads, and they got to go get medical attention. They got tough jobs, Tom. They do have tough jobs, and I think one thing that people have to remember as uh, for safety purposes that we learned. I learned it during the pandemic, and that is that security guards really aren't allowed to do much. Remember when people started walking out of stores with television sets and people started walking out of stores with tons of stuff during the pandemic because security guards can't really tackle. You remember I told you about my friend who worked at Nordstrom's and got fired for stopping someone from stealing something. Remember that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, and uh, and so we uh, that's that's what and, I, and it's it's awful when people learn that too because then it got worse because the copycats, 
And I always say that to the very young security guards at the bank. I say, if something happens, leave. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're like 19. Get out of here. Earlier risk, today. Risk your the, life for Chase. Earlier today, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was down 1,276 yep. points. Yep. Mostly due to inflation again. Inflation numbers came out of report, and it was a little bit worse than expected. And yeah, the market fears. crashed. Yeah. And let me repeat, that's a crash. 1,200 fucking yeah. points is a crash. And I want to say this to everybody listening here. It'll bounce back. It'll come back. You know, my parents are in their 80s, young couples now in their 20s and 30s starting to invest. It'll all come back. This has been a massive, sharp stick to the eye for everybody. This year has been brutally tough. A war in Ukraine, energy crisis, yeah. inflation. I don't give a damn who the president is. I've right. never once on this show talked about a president, Republican or Democrat. I don't care. I've never woken up. Well, we, a you day and I in both my always life. cheer for them to do well. Yeah, I've never woken up a day in my life worried about who my president is. A lot of my friends do. They freak out. Some of them are coming weirder. Oh, yeah. People and weirder love to it. scratch that scab, don't they? Oh, but this is a rough year, man. And when it comes to inflation with my stock market background, I'll just tell you, I don't go to the grocery store, which is a phenomenon. I don't go to Trader Joe's or Costco or even the basic grocery store. My wife's kind enough to do that. I don't know what bacon costs. I'd, I'd fail on a price is right. And these right. shows, I don't know what a gallon of milk costs. But it's getting crazy now to make a sandwich, to go out and fill up your refrigerator. Oh, and chicken wings. Off. Chicken wings used to be what, eight or nine. Chicken wings are like $35 when I go to the fucking Greyhound. It's unbelievable. It's incredible what's happening here. So I'd like to see us, Tom, get inflation under control at yeah. some point in time so we can go back to filling our fridges, uh, not losing a lot in our 401k. Well, here's what's day. weird. People are filling their fridges, and they've traveled more than they ever have, yeah. and they're buying Teslas. It's a weird it's a weird economy. There's Teslas all over the place. People are traveling more than they ever had. People are going to Europe more than they ever had and going to, and spending money at, uh, on the Internet and Christmas more than they ever had. But so, there's all this inflation and so it's very the economy is very strange right now and you who knows more must be more confused than i am five stocks in the s p 500 lost half a trillion dollars today i was newsboy today at kabc yeah, few so of them were mine man. few of them were mine the brunt of my portfolio <laughs> so i wake up whenever the market has a day like this i say this again and it's a good way to wrap this up whenever we have a day like this we all work in for free. If you have any money in investments, you have no money in investments. Say you have it all in real estate or you have it all in something else. But if you, most Americans, a lot of Americans have money, some in their 401k and mm -hmm. stocks and bonds. When you have a day like today, you lost. No matter what you do at work, be fulfilled at work. But you lost money from the second you step off your bed, put your slippers on or not, and start the day. There's no way you're going to recover financially that day. So get to the beach. Ride the bike. Work out. Absolutely. Go to the trainer. Have a beer. Enjoy yourself. Watch something favorite on Netflix because the day was lost. We all work for free, and we'll get a better start at trying to win back the day tomorrow. And the great blessing is, and scientists will back me up, the greatest odds there are scientifically on Earth are to be born, that your parents would have sex on that night, and it would be us. And we would and, and we would be born. It's like four trillion to one or some crazy odds that you or I would be born. So we always and there's that's not pie in the sky, uh, rainbow stuff. That's real. We always have to be take a look back when you have a day like this or have a bad day or have a trauma. 
that find it as a blessing because it's a blessing to exist. It's beautiful to say it. It's a bleeping miracle. Conception and a pregnancy and the birth of a child and it happens and the child is healthy and all that happens when you think about that gift and that gift, how difficult it is for it all to come together. We take it for granted. It's really hard and it's the most important thing in life. And, and you and I both have air in our lungs. We have our health, all of our limbs work, etc. And if someone only has three limbs working, there's someone out there with just two. We always can find the glasses half full. It doesn't take long. Click on the podcast, rate the podcast. Please share it with your friends. And thanks for downloading the JT and Looney podcast. And I think it's very important at this moment that I get the last word. Thank you for listening to all 36 minutes and 36 seconds of the JT and Looney podcast, powered by our friends at Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.